0: You're listening to the Just Means Less ACC podcast with your hosts Micah and Nick. Long time no hear from you, Nick. How have you been in the last 24 hours? I know. For
1: for, for a second, I thought you were being serious because I was talking with someone earlier today. And they were asking about, like, the podcast and stuff. And I said, you know, I, it hasn't been just me and Micah in, like, a month. Because I went to California. We talked about the last bull games. And then you did a couple of solo pods. And then we had Moose on. And then we just talked to um, Jake and Monty yesterday. So, in all seriousness, I do, I do miss it just being us. So, I'm glad that
0: we're back together, buddy. I'm sad it's just us. I actually like having guests. You're kind of boring to talk to. No, I'm just kidding. I can't Uh, be. I can't be. (laughs) No, see, I'm excited, Nick, because uh, I can't wait. Because I'm going to plug the ad later in the episode. But I can't wait to go into Dioli's and tell you about my favorite podcast, the Just Means Less ACC podcast, and then buy the moose, and then get another moose free next time I come into town. I'm very excited for that. Oh wow! So, okay. So that because that, that offer applies because that offer applies to me, right? Like I, I don't get screwed out of this deal, do I? Oh my god! As many free
1: things as I get. Whoa!
0: The amount of free things that Nick has given me, guys. We'll we'll uh, we'll keep that in mind. Okay. I did I or did I not bring you a smorgasbord of stuff all the way to Boone for you to have? Okay. You can't tell me, though, that you did not bring me things that, like, it was the end of the day that stuff was going to waste. I gave you meatballs. Oh, you didn't.
1: Oh, wait, no, the meatballs were for me.
0: Yeah, no shit. Thank you. The only thing that you brought me that wasn't, like, random just for, again, I'm not not saying I'm not thankful. But you brought me a smorgasbord of, like, random, like, individual items. Like, no big-ticket items minus the one chicken parm. But that was that one time and I've been to the oldest three times and I've purchased three subs. So I mean, like, I'm still gonna do the deal. I'm gonna buy my first one. But I'm just saying, like, you know I do I don't know in unfair. all
1: honesty, in all honesty, I do need to give you like a a real sandwich card. Yeah, that'd be Like nice. every time yeah. you come in every
0: time you come to town and you come into the deli, I'll give you a punch. Like in That's all That's fair. I'm I'm all down for that. I mean, I think you should Here's what we can do. Here here's the here we'll meet in the middle, Nick. Instead of you giving me a fully punch where my next one's free, how about you give me with two punches left and then I have to come back two more times to get a free sub. How about that? That's fair. Okay. Uh, Cuz I will do that with some of the athletes who come in like
1: every day and I just realize, oh wait, you come in all the time. Do you have a punch do you have a sandwich card with us? No. Yeah. Let me start you off with 5 because I know you come in all the time.
0: <laughs> So I, I do do that quite okay.
1: often.
0: So. See, I mean, again, like, I'm giving your family free advertising. I mean, come on. Like, actually, guys, the Olies is clearly paying. No, I'm just kidding. But, <laughs> yeah, um, honestly, I could go for, like, a chicken parm or a moose or really anything made at the Olies right about now. So, you know, I'm just saying the King Sport Tennessee sounds like a really nice idea. Just, you know, if you start a franchise, let me know. But, um, no, Nick, uh, obviously today is going to be our preview of the ACC 24 spring season for baseball. Um, Before we get too deep into it, really kind of get going, though, I want to preface that I personally, Nick, and you can tell me whether you think we should or should not, I don't want to spend five minutes on each team. I don't want this podcast to be 90 minutes of us blabbing about baseball. I would rather wait until about a week out to either deep dive some of that or, again, like I would rather just talk to these teams when these teams come. Um, You know, obviously I want to still preview it all. But for our listeners, I think that we can provide them a little bit of insight on the broad scope of everything. If you want to have a deep dive, you know, Nick, again, hopefully, well, I guess by the time we release this, hopefully they've listened to our podcast. We're obviously recording 24 hours after our podcast last night with the guys from college baseball central, but you know, they did a great job of deep diving everything. And not that I don't want people to listen to us, but they're not throughout the season going to spend as much time on it as we are, but they are a great resource for the pregame right now, in my opinion, like, or not pregame, but you know, your appetizer for the season because Monty did a great job. Jake did a great job. Of course, I'm drawing a blank on the third guy who is also on the shows uh, regularly for the ACC. But, you know, I think Nick, we should just provide our insight and not do too much deep diving because I just don't see a, that being worth our time, but B, there's some great stuff out there. And, like we talked about it yesterday, Nick, I mean, Louisville hasn't even put their roster on the website yet. And, again, I'm not paying Perfect Game $30 for their breakdown of all ACC stuff. So, um, yeah, I don't think it's uh, worth our time and money to, you know, be able to provide content that if you're really dying to get that stuff, I guess you can pay $30 Perfect Game to go, go do it. Or, again, go check out College Baseball Central on YouTube. They have a great five-minute video of each team. Yeah. So, um, that being said, Nick, uh, I'm gonna pick Pitt to win the ACC. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I feel bad for Pitt, Nick. We we kind of shit on him yesterday a little bit. Like I don't. Yeah. I mean, again, we'll release this a couple of days after, so hopefully you've listened to that that show with the uh, Monty and, and Jake. But well, we kind of no fault of Pitt's own, kind of got after him. Now, I thought – I think it was Jake, Nick, that said – or maybe it was Monty. Maybe it was both of them. They mentioned that, like, Pitt – again, as a UVA fan, I cannot talk that much trash about Pitt. UVA is 2-4 and against Pitt in the last two years. That's pretty brutal, Um, especially concerning what Pitt was last year. So, you know, it's kind of – it's kind of tough, you know, for them, obviously. But, Nick, I guess – do we want to work backwards? Do we want to work 1 through 14? We'll go 14 to 1. Is that what we want to do since we're prefacing Pitt? And I'm just going to admit that I have Pitt at 14. I think you did too.
1: Yeah, we might as well work back to forward.
0: So, let's do that. Yeah, I mean, Pitt for me is just – it's going to be a gritty out. Like, they're the type of team that, you know, two years ago they – Push for the NCAA tournament last year, you know, was not a very good year for them. Um, you know, they're coming off of a year where, I mean, I had high hopes for them last year. I know when we were previewing them, I kind of thought Pitt was going to be something pretty special. Uh, but unfortunately, last year they were 24-31, and 10-18 and 18 in the conference. Um, they were actually, I think this is my favorite fun fact, Nick, they were one of two acc teams to finish under 500 could you tell me who the other one was to finish under 500 yeah in regular season like sorry in like the full season not conference play cuz obviously there's more conference play teams than that but
1: uh florida
0: state yep like one of those makes sense the other one doesn't we'll get to florida state a little bit later but yeah it was um It was a a tough year for Pitt, and uh, I'm intrigued, Nick, because I am going to go – like, when I go to Pitt this year, they are hosting Virginia. So I am very intrigued to see what happens in that series, again, as a Virginia fan, because, like I said, Pitt's had their number. That's a blue-collar team. I mean, that is a – as Stephen Schock says says it best, that's a grit factory. Um, That team is just going to throw punches talent-wise – I mean, they're not really there. I mean, pitching, they might have the worst pitching in the conference. Um, We'll see who steps up, but at the same time, you just don't know what you're going to get with this team. So, yeah, 14 just kind of makes sense. Is there any notes you want to add on Pitt before we move on?
1: You know, they never stuck out to me last year. Um, They had What what Pitt was really good at last year was that they got on base. They had a few guys – up there when I did those hitting stats that had a really good on-base percentage, drew a lot of blocks. Um, They were kind of gritty. Obviously, they beat Wake Forest game one of that series. They beat Virginia in a series. Um, As much as we, you know, not that we're like shitting on Pitt, but they did make Charlotte, which we did not think they would do. Now, last year was kind of an anomaly where you know florida state and louisville in the same year were two very bad teams and not that louisville was very bad but they really fell off halfway through the season to where they didn't even make the conference tournament um so they they had a little bit of momentum like hey we're not the worst but this year you know you're not going to see florida state finish last and you're not going to see louisville finish last either um because they bring it back a lot. And Pitt, we, we don't really know what they bring to the table at the moment.
0: Yeah, I agree. Which is a perfect segue to our 13th in our power rankings, Notre Dame. Um, Notre Dame just has so many question marks, man. I mean, I, last year they took a, a pretty solid step back. A lot of question marks on whether that team was going to be I don't want to say if they're going to be, you know, good. But, you know, there was some hope that, you know, after the Omaha run, obviously you lose your head coach to Florida State. You know, you're hoping, hey, maybe, like, it won't regress as bad as it would. And, I mean, it wasn't a terrible year. I mean, they were 500 in ACC play. They were 30 and 24 overall. I mean, honestly, Notre Dame's problem, Nick, and the reason why I, I don't like having them at 13 is, Down the stretch, they weren't that bad in ACC play. I mean, they finished with a better ACC record than your NC State Wolfpack, than Louisville, than Florida State. Like, they were one behind Boston College. They were ahead of Virginia Tech. They were ahead of a Georgia. Like, this was a team that, you know, finished in the middle of the pack in the conference, but... Yeah, because
1: they were, like, what, the eighth seed?
0: Yeah. Yeah. But, like... But like when we were doing our you know predictions, right? I think both of us were just like, yo, Notre Dame's just Notre Dame. If I'm not mistaken, I think they beat, did they beat Virginia? Is that who they beat? They beat somebody in the in play in, in the AC tournament. I'm almost positive. And I gotta double check this because it's gonna drive me nuts. But you know, it, it it's just something about them, like they're I'm not going to call them a sleeper, Nick, right, to, like, win the ACC because I don't think that's that's going to happen. But they're the type of team that, you know, yesterday we talked about Pitt kind of being like this, and it's very plausible. But this is a team that could be a big thorn in the side. Like, Nick, they're the type of team that, like, you know, we talked about there's a chance between, like, probably eight to ten teams, hopefully, in the ACC making the tournament. Like, we might have a team that would have made the tournament and in the last couple weeks of the year loses a series to Notre Dame, and that's kind of their downfall. Yeah, um, I can see that. So, you know, it's – I mean now I'm pulling up the 2020. Let's see. Notre Dame. Because Notre Dame lost a pit, which was and really strange. And they lost Oh, because they lost both. Okay, never mind. But maybe that's what it was. They were competitive with Wake in that game or something. I don't know. But, again, this is a team that down the stretch wasn't bad. And, I mean, there is one name, Nick, that I think deserves some flowers here this Notre team. Dame team and of course now I misplaced my wonderful notes because that's how life likes to go sometimes good old phone crashes I want to make sure I say his name correctly yes okay so it's Jack Penny third baseman for Notre Dame the kid could be the best third baseman in the ACC this year um kid hits hits really well really good contact hits it very very hard Good strike zone, pretty sound defensively. Like he's someone I'm I'm really excited to watch because I think he could be a potential first-team All ACC guy um, for this Irish lineup. But that's the problem is I just don't know if Notre Dame has the dudes. Uh, I think this program is not like I don't think this program's left for dead. I mean, like I'm predicting them 13. That's a step back from even last year, but pretty much everyone that was in that Omaha team. So. You know, at the end of the day, this is a very competitive conference. I think this conference is taking a step forward this year from top to bottom. So, I don't even know if Notre Dame's taking that big of a step back, Nick. I just don't think he took a step forward like a lot of other teams around them did. Right. Is there anything you want to add on the Irish? Yeah, you know, they're –
1: Let me – I'm trying to find words. Uh, They are going to be a thorn in people's side. Uh, They're not going to be horrible. Uh, They're going to sneak a couple series wins. They're going to turn some heads. But, you know, like you said, that 2021 team that made the World Series is gone. Um, They kind of do have to start all over because at least last year you had a couple pieces there. Um, This could be – if you're a Notre Dame baseball fan, this could be the lowest the program is going to be this year. Um, I don't see them having a winning record like they did last year and being an eight seed. Um, And then if you get through next year and you build some, if you get through this year and you build some talent going into the off season, I think you can get back into, you know, getting back into the regionals. But right now, this is probably the lowest that this program is going to be at the moment with the second year head coach and, turning it around and you know they just don't bring a whole lot of excitement like the other teams that you said perfectly are going to bring like Florida State like Louisville like Miami those seeds are going to improve where Notre Dame not like you said not regressing back just other teams got better
0: yeah and what what i think is tough too like when i when i power rank these teams you know a part of it, again, this is a powering. Like, this is not my projections for the standings. Like, no, honestly, Notre Dame could easily, again, 12 teams make it to Charlotte. That's a team that could easily make it. My problem with Notre Dame is their non-conference schedule is atrocious. Mm-hmm. Like, there's not, again, some of it's the punishment of living in Indiana. But, like, you're in Indiana. There's a program that is about two and a half hours south. Oh, I think it's called, oh, Indiana, who's pretty good at college baseball. And they're not playing them. A team like Iowa, they're not playing them. A team like Michigan, they're not playing them. Like, they're Indiana always, State. Yeah, not playing them. Like, and, and maybe, like, this is why a part of me, and again, I don't know this thing, maybe – Maybe I can see if I can reach out to the SID for baseball at Notre Dame and see if I can get a coach on. Because I kind of want to ask them a similar question I asked Moose. Like, what is this scheduling? Because they're going – like, again, I know they're a northern team, so they have to go south, right? Like, I know they're not going to get, like, home games early against Indiana State, right? But, like, Rice is a name, a historic name, not very good. FIU. Not very good. Tennessee Tech, not great. Like, the only benefit they're getting is these are all – like, they start the season on the road. That's the only benefit they're getting. Like, Purdue at home, not that great of a, like, a game. And then they get an ACC play. Like, I mean, Nick, they're literally doing – this is my favorite thing. They're doing a trip. I, I think I'm going to go to this, Nick, actually. I don't think I mentioned this to you. But Notre Dame – plays at Ratford on Tuesday and Wednesday because they go to Blacksburg the Saturday sun or Friday, Saturday, Sunday before. Ratford is not a team that a power five team should be playing in the midweek on a consistent, like that level of competition. That's what we do at ETSU. And we normally beat those guys. Like I just, the schedule again, and that's, On the road, sure, beneficial, but then Western Michigan, Bowling Green, Michigan – like, Michigan State's your only power five. You got Butler, like, Valparaiso, Purdue-Fort Wayne. Like, Central Michigan might honestly be their best non-conference home game. That's sad, man. Like, Toledo is your late May home game slate for, like, your non-ACC games. Like, it's just – they're – It's not an insult to Notre Dame from the standpoint of, I'm like, oh, you have to schedule so much harder. Because, again, some of this comes with the geography. But the reason why I power ranked them at 13 is I don't know if they're going to be that good. And I don't think there's a shot in hell they get in that large spot. Unless they're a top six ACC standings team. And I don't think they're that, right? Like, I mean, we've got six teams that we think could potentially host regionals and maybe even supers, (laughs) you know? So, there's not a lot of faith in, and for me, for Notre Dame to, to like legitimately have a shot at a, a tournament spot because, you know, unless they win the ACC, I don't think their out of conference is going to help them enough for an at large bid unless they, again, are like third place going into Charlotte. <laughs> right. So, just don't like the odds there. But, Nick, we'll use your power rankings to continue on. Um, cause I know this is where we started to get a little bit of separation. So who's your number 12?
1: Sorry. My laptop decided to update in the middle of this, but I believe I have Virginia tech at 12,
0: correct? You, you do. Yes, that is correct. Okay.
1: All right. So I have Virginia tech at 12 because again, they, they took a step back last year, um, which was kind of surprising because they had a lot of names. They had a lot of talent, um, mm-hmm and they lose – okay, good, my computer's back. Um, <laughs> they lose more guys like uh, like Monty
0: and uh, Jason. Yeah, Hack- Hack- Hackenberg's a big loss. That's
1: obviously yeah. a, a Hackenberg huge Hackenberg is their big loss. Now, they bring back Carson Martini, who's going to be a huge draft pick next year. Don't be surprised if he's like a top round, you know, between that one to three round draft pick area. Uh, he's very, very talented. Um, and he's one of the big names that's coming back for this Virginia tech team, but you know, they, they didn't win a whole lot of series. They did have that upset against Virginia last year. Um, I don't expect to just really don't expect to see the sledgehammer anymore this year. Um, that's about all I got. Like Carson Demartini is the guy and that's about it.
0: See, I think they have the best infield in the conference. And I think that alone, like, the outfield's got a lot of question marks. The pitching is, well, like, I said that I, I don't, I think pick could have the worst. Like, we don't really know what this Virginia Tech pitching staff's going to be. Um, so there's a lot of question marks there. I don't have them this low. Uh, I have them at 10. I have Virginia Tech, Nick, as the type of team, because of this, like, leadership in the infield, because of a guy like Martini. I think this is a, this is a program that, the ACC is knocking on the door for ten teams. I think they're one of them. I really do. Like I think they're right there. You know. I think last year's team was just. I don't know, man. I mean, they were preseason top twenty-five. Right. Like they. I mean, I, I'll never forget how pissed I was, Nick, seeing Virginia Tech ranked higher than Virginia in the preseason polls, because like, baseball's Virginia sport, not Tech's. <laughs> You know, so I was like, oh, shit, like, this kind of sucks. But overall, I mean, this is a good segue because my number 12, which is your number 11, was Boston College. Dude, I am not sold on BC at all. Um, I think Todd Intertonato, the new manager, head coach, coming over from Wofford is going to put this program in a good spot. Nick, I think there's something to be said about a coach – at a power two, like we'll call us the power two, right? Like we talked about it yesterday on the show. We think the ACC and the SEC are the two best, right? So we'll just say for the power two. And then our our, our good buddy Jake now called a conference. Uh, I don't know, called the Big Ten, a mid major, and a manager left an NCAA tournament team that should have hosted a regional last year to go to a mid major, Penn State. That tell Nick that tells me something about Boston College. You know, the someone actually thought it was kind of funny that someone commented today, Nick of all days, we posted a couple days ago. You know, the ballpark of the day, where Eddie Pellegrino, ball or Diamond, excuse me, at the Harrington Athletics Village in Brighton, Massachusetts. But they're the only ballpark without a video board. You know, obviously last night Monty. I think it was Monty. Either either Monty or Jake mentioned, you know, that place sucks to watch a game, right? And that right. the facilities were such a far walk from being a new ballpark and how, like, you know, we talked about I told him, like, it's a huge upgrade from what they had previously, which says a lot about what they had previously, right? And it's like, like, I, dude, it broke my heart seeing Boston College lose their, their head coach to Penn State. Like, I think Penn State's investing in baseball. I think Penn State did what what I think a lot of schools with that type of money in the Big Ten should do, which is put it in freaking baseball. (laughs) Like, dude, Penn State put it in lacrosse, won a national title, and they're like, oh, these uh, these spring sports can be kind of (laughs) fun. We make so much damn money in football. Why not put it somewhere else? (laughs) And so, like, I mean, Penn State's ballpark is beautiful. Like, it's one of the nicest ballparks in college baseball. But, I mean, just – he, he and, and the best part is is some of the best guys from Wofford, Nick, that I thought for sure were going to follow Inter Donato, which, again, Wofford, they choke in the conference tournament, but they were always the best regular season team in the SoCon. Like, they were the premier program of the conference from a consistency standpoint. Dude, they all stayed. I got the Wofford schedule poster on Wednesday, and I'm like, Oh shit. Literally every guy that was also con is back. Or a couple of the guys that did transfer are wearing orange and orange and uh, orange and purple at Clemson or garnet and black at South Carolina. Like, so they didn't follow him. So for me, I just, I'm not high on them. They have the ability to be a, you know, tournament team if all click, but I think there's something to be said about the losses they got losing, like again, their manager leaving for what we call a mid-major baseball conference in the big 10 and Penn state. Um, and that's the thing too, is like, I mean, not to not slander Penn state, but when it comes to like big 10 baseball, right? Like the programs you think of historically are Indiana and Iowa and, and even Nebraska and yet, or or Maryland. Right. And it's Penn state of all schools. So it's just – I'm not really sold on them. Obviously, you have them at 11, so it's not like you think they're going to win the ACC or anything. Is there anything you want to add on BC? Uh, one, one quick note that I realized
1: about Virginia Tech. We will know real quickly about them because they open up with Charlotte, and Charlotte's not a team to mess with, with a three-game series. So that'll be really cool. Um, Boston College. That does suck. They lost. They were on the highest of highs. They were very close to hosting a super regional. I mean, it was between them or Alabama uh, hosting the supers last year. And unfortunately it went to the tide. Um, They lose a lot. I don't think they return any of that pitching staff that they had. Um, Losing your coach to Penn state is tough too. I mean, one guy that I think we might have on my like later down the road, Adam Ciciri, the outfielder, former outfielder from Wake who transferred to Penn state this year, um, is very interesting. Penn state is not messing around, uh, because they also went after Moose. believe it or not. They Moose was almost about to go to Penn state and take that job. Um, but they take BC's coach. I don't see a whole lot in this team this year. Now we didn't see a whole lot of them going into last year and they shocked the world. I mean, we we could not stop talking about that road trip to Tennessee where they upset them. And then the next day went to UNC Asheville, I think it was and beat them. And, you know, they beat NC state in the series. They, I think they swept North Carolina in Chapel Hill last year. Uh, they could surprise us. You never know. Cause again, last year we didn't really see them going anywhere. Uh, But this year I, I have them making Charlotte. I don't have them
0: making a regionals this year. Yeah. Which again, nice little segue, Nick, you've got uh, Georgia tech at your 10. I've got them at 11. So we're all kind of caught up with, you know, our team's, Nick, you having them at ten yesterday on the show? You said you had nine teams making the ACC or making the NCAA tournament, right? Is that what you said? Was it nine or was it ten from you? Originally, I said
1: ten, but I brought it down to nine. Yeah.
0: So obviously, that means this is the team making. This the is cut. the team
1: that I had cut off.
0: Or missing the cut, I guess. Yes. Um, what? I'll let you go first. What are your thoughts on this team? Because I I have. Like, I guess it's one word that has some words added to the end of it. But, like, it's one thing that I'm just like, well, if they get this, it'll be good. So, I'm curious if you say it. So, like, what are your thoughts on the Yellow Jackets? They're kind of that right they're right there team. Like you said, Virginia Tech
1: is. That's who I think Georgia Tech is. They are right there. They have all the hitting. They have no pitching. And I don't know what they bring this year in pitching. I mean – I said it a billion times last season. I even brought it up to Monty and Jake last night. Georgia Tech was with Wake Forest and Virginia when it came to every hitting category. Not only that, yeah. they not only as a team, they had individuals with Nick Kurtz, with Griff O'Farrell, with Brock Wilkin, with um, uh, Ethan O'Connell they, or O'Donnell. Um, they had dudes right there with them. And they blew so many series, the Louisville series. They should have beaten Auburn uh, in their midweeks. They, they were right there. Uh, if this team can bring back the bats and if this team finds any decent amount of pitching, like any, because they were the bottom of the conference I think in pitching, this team can find themselves in the regionals. I truly believe that and they could be that 10th team. But I have to see it to believe it. So, I know we got a ton of Georgia Tech fans that listen to us, that interact with us, especially during baseball season. I've even had parents reach out to us. Um, we, they, they need pitching. That's what they need. Because I think Georgia Tech is too good of a program to not be at least threatening for an ACC title or threatening for hosting a regional or something like that.
0: But the pitching is just not there. Yeah, um I think, and this is not fair, because the one game that we had last year, or that I saw of Georgia Tech in person last year, which, by the way, Nick, I, I feel like this is wrong, but I believe the SIDs and, and, and folks at Georgia Tech, was Louisville really number two in the country when I saw them in, in March last year on St. Patrick's weekend? that's what the box score says. I don't, I remember them being ranked, but I feel like I would have remembered seeing the number two team in the country. Like, (laughs) but regardless, like, you know, shout out to our guy, Ben King, Nick, I need to send that email to the SID. He agreed to come on. Obviously we got to do the proper channels with current players and talk to the SID. Shout out to Ben for doing the proper thing. Right. And using his SID. But you know, ben was really the only guy that we kind of saw in your weekly, you know, top ten anything, for pitching for Georgia Tech. Right, he was. Yeah. Um, you know, and I saw him pitching that game on Friday night. He, they, him, and a couple guys combined for one earned run uh, out of the pen. But that game, Nick, went exactly how you described it. Right. So, you know, they. So it's a early five nothing lead for Louisville. I mean, Daw- I think Dawson Brown was yeah. Dawson Brown was the starter. He gets, he gets rocked. Like, and again, especially if Louisville, I mean, they're a top 25 team when they played, I know that, but especially if they're a number team in the country, like now that that's unexpected, right. But like, that's okay. Like a little bit understandable, dude. It was 20 degrees. It was cold. Like it is what it is, right? Well, they come storming back and take a seven, five lead in the seventh. And you're like, Oh hell yeah. Like, because I remember I was like debating leaving early. And then Georgia Tech takes the lead. I'm like, oh, shit. (laughs) This is fun. I'm freezing. I'm numb. Don't care. This is good baseball. And what do they do? They blow the game. They lose 8-7. Like, and that was the story of their season. I mean, I'm looking at the 2023 schedule just because it drove me nuts. Like, you know, I mean, they lost to Wofford, a SOCON team. Not great. Like, dude, they won the series against Clemson. I know they, like, but then like they, they lose midweek games to, again, Georgia state and Wofford. They get, you know, they, they lose 24 to 12 to Boston college. <laughs> you know, they get like, I don't Did they get swept at all last year? They got swept at Virginia tech. That was the dagger was the sweep of Virginia tech, but like, and that came off of a, a 10 inning thriller at Auburn or, excuse me, not at Auburn at home against Auburn. Like, this team was just so frustrating. And they have the potential to be something, right? But I am just so worried about this team. Like, dude, if we've learned anything from our account, do you know how much fun it would be if we had Georgia Tech and Wake Forest consistently good? Like, dude, our content would blow up like crazy. Yeah. Throw Clemson in there. And dude, we we might we might have a thousand listeners every podcast moving forward, right? Like, I mean, this is a program that is like, I am, like, top of my list, most excited ballpark to go see a game at this year. Not even close. Like, because just the amount of social media presence, the amount, like, I mean, that ballpark looks stunning. Like, I want this pro, like, I'm admitting right now I am a Georgia Tech stan account. Nick, I am hoping that I have a reason to go to the Virginia and Georgia Tech series in April. Like, that that series actually means something for me to go up to Charlottesville that weekend because I want to see this program back in the NCAA tournament and they could be that, but they have a lot of things to fix. And again, like, I don't, I don't think they have bad pitching, Nick. I think they have lack of pitching depth. Like they have some dudes, like, you know, there were, there were points, Nick, where you had multiple pitchers popping up, like for, you know, your performances for the week and stuff, but you just never got consistency. Like, you know one like one night they're beating Clemson 16-3 and the next night they're losing 17-5. Like <laughs> what? <laughs> so it's just I mean they're gonna they're gonna have the bats to where minus it being like a 14-0 game in the third inning I, I would not rule them out of a single ball game. But we just don't know with them and I mean it, it's we'll see. Moving on the number nine we had the same here so Kudos to us. We both have Florida State. Nick, all I have to say is this is a program that is going to take a huge step forward from last year. I don't have them making the tournament. I'm stuck on my ACC with eight. This would be your ninth getting in. Like, I I genuinely think there's enough talent on the roster to do it. It's just they're kind of young, so we'll see if they click.
1: I, I had this team making the tournament. Um, they have a lot of young talent that I think matured. Um, they remember they got off to that hot, hot start and we're like, Oh my God, Florida state's actually coming out of nowhere. Like link Jared already batting down the hatches, getting this team ready to go. They're going to make a run. And then it all fell apart very, very quickly. Very, very quickly. Um, it, I think they are going to improve a lot. Um, are they going to make the regionals? Yes. Why do I think that? Because I also have Link Jarrett as my coach of the year. Um, I was deciding between him or J.D. Ortega from Miami. I'm going to go with Link Jarrett on this one. Um, I think the turnaround is going to be great. I think they're going to make a regional. I don't think they're going to host. Uh, I don't even think they might even be a two seed. Cause again, they're still young all their, they played a lot of freshmen last year. They've got a lot of talent, um, but I think they turn around. I think they sneak into that three
0: seed and um, make the regionals. Yeah. That's again, this is a team that has a lot of upside. They're young. Obviously they're trending in the right direction. I love the leadership but we'll have to see. Um, All right, we move on. Nick, our eight and sevens are swapped, but I don't think it matters that much because I think at this point, Nick, eight and seven is kind of like its own little bracket. And then basically, I mean, maybe you can factor in six. Do we have the same six? We do not have the same six. So yeah, eight and seven are kind of grouped together. And then basically one or two through six are kind of a, smorgasbord of which one you like better. So instead of, like, ranking them per se, I mean we'll say what well, we have them rank, but instead of, like, going, like, oh, I have this, I have that, like, you know, our eight and sevens, mine are flipped. I had Louisville seven, Miami eight. You have Miami seven, Louisville eight. I mean, these are two teams that, like, in my opinion, are kind of trending in different directions, right? Like, Miami hosted a regional last year. They shit the bed in the regional, but they hosted a regional last year. Louisville, obviously, as we talked about already, pissed on their leg and, and completely missed the tournament, both the ACC and the NCAA tournament, after being a, according to that press release, the number two team in the country in March, which is nuts. Um, I know they had a great start to the season in Texas, but still. It's, but Miami is new coach you know, replacing a legend, kind of a – has a bunch of talent, but we just don't know how they're going to click. We don't, like – when they lose arguably their best – or not arguably, they lose their best player. You know, it's what are we going to get from Miami? And with Louisville, it's what are we going to get from them? But it's like, is this team going to do what they did last year? Because this team has the upside to be a regional host. So I mean, Nick, I have the audacity to say if if all things click for Louisville, Louisville could make it to Omaha. But there's just so much evidence from last year that makes everyone hesitant. Like, I mean, I loved Jake on our pod last night having Louisville at five in the power rankings. I wasn't, I didn't have the audacity to rank them above some of the other teams that we had. But like, I mean, this is a fringe like top 25 team. Both of these teams are. Like, I might rank eight HC teams in the top 25 for my preseason poll i mean i've been working on my bracketology nick for fun because you know why not and like these teams are all fringe hosts like yeah obviously ACC is not gonna have eight hosts so right now i'm not putting them as hosts but like they're teams that if i'm a little bit wrong on and they play better than i think then they are gonna host i mean these are like it sucks because i i put louisville as a sleeper right But, like, it feels wrong to say these two ball clubs can be sleepers because, like, these are damn good ball clubs. Like, dude, if Louisville played in the Big Ten, I don't know if I'm picking them to finish first because I really like Iowa, but I'd have them second pretty easily. I mean, just a lot of question marks, man, with these two teams from a standpoint of, like, again, one new coach, like, how much regression are we going to see? And from Louisville, it's was last year's regression the new the new mean? Because if it isn't, if it is, that program's in some trouble, man. Like they're already struggling with basketball. We don't need Louisville struggling with baseball, too. <laughs> like <laughs> the mental health of Louisville fans, like, like, yeah, football had a good year, but I don't think I, I think a lot of them would trade being six and six every year in football but being dominant in baseball and, and basketball again, but maybe I'm wrong, but what are your thoughts on these two teams?
1: Um, let's start off with Louisville. Cause I had him at eight Louisville, just such a weird season last year being that high. Um, I remember talking to some of the Wake guys and they were so competitive when wake went to them. That was a top 10 matchup. Um, And every game was really close. I think one of the games kind of slipped out of uh, Louisville's favor there. Um, But, man, and then they had the Duke series, and that was just an utter collapse. I think Duke really just put the nail in the coffin for them because they didn't win a single series after that. Very, very odd. Very, very weird. I don't see them regressing, but I also don't see them, like, Top three of this conference, like we thought they were in the beginning of last season. So it's going to be very weird. Um, but I have them making a regional. And then for Miami, you know, they I, they bring a lot of guys back. They lose Yo Yo, which, you know, if Brock Wilkin didn't exist, he would be the best third baseman in the conference, in my opinion. Um, watch out for Gage Zeal, though. He could he can make a run for that ACC pitcher of the year. He's just like one of those candidates that you kind of look out for. Like, you know, if everything clicks for this kid, everything goes his way. He could be the pitcher of the year. There are a few guys like that around this conference. I think Gage is one of them. Uh, they have a lot of potential. Uh, they bring in Lucas Costello, a guy who we think we're going to have on later on this season um, from Wake Forest, who is a great bat. Is very, very, very good at base running. A great outfielder if they need him there. Um, Very good at getting the bunt down. Not very good at um, faking getting hit or leaning into the pitch. I rag on him on that a lot. So uh, just check out his last Instagram post. I did make a comment about that, him taking BP for Miami. And he laughed at it. But um, Miami has a lot of potential. I put them at seven because other teams – it's kind of like what we said about Notre Dame, but except we're at the top half of this conference. Miami didn't get worse. A lot of other teams, I think, just got better. Um, J.D. Ortega has been around the Miami program for a very long time, and it's his turn to take uh, the keys to the car. So we'll see what happens. But this team has a lot of tremendous upside – I wouldn't be surprised if they finished top four and they just ended up back where they were
0: So we'll see. Yeah. It, it'll be interesting to see what you get with them. Uh, we definitely got to get Lucas on Nick. I completely pull space that he's at Miami. So uh, we need some insight on Miami. So you have, you have a homework assignment now, Nick. I do. Uh, yes. Whenever, so, you,
1: whenever we uh, find a date, and, let's do it.
0: And that's not a slander to my guy, Adam Ciceri, but like, I'd rather get Lucas on first, just purely because we're obviously an ACC podcast. But right, um, and hey, we want to have them both on. I want them to bad talk Wake. Forest. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but, hey, so how much does Wake Forest suck? I'm just kidding. But um, <laughs> you know that dude, I've got some clicks though. I'm just saying. But yeah. anyways, um, yeah, I mean, these these teams fall into the category of could enter the top six conversation, but are just there's not enough proven right now. Because the top six in the ACC is so damn good. Like, yeah. I, I, I liked what Jake, who, by the way, again, for those who didn't listen to the podcast yet, hopefully you have. If you haven't, what are you doing? But he's an SEC guy. He's an a and grad, went to Mississippi State as well for a little bit before he transferred to a and Like, he genuinely believes that the ACC is not as far off from the SEC as some people make it out to be in SEC territory. I think a big part of that is, Nick, our top six can hang with their top six, and I think we might even be better. It's kind of after that top six, I'm like, okay, their seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven 10, 11 are better than our seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. 10, 11. And then, obviously, I think the worst team in the SEC is Mississippi State. No offense, Pitt, but, like, give me Mississippi State, right? <laughs> right. But, um, I mean – It is, it's a smorgasbord, man. Nick, I'm going to read mine and you just tell me yours. I want to, we'll pick teams to go by, but there's just so much kind of parody on our list. I mean, my number six was, uh, was uh, NC State. So, sorry, Nick, but number five was Virginia. So, it's not like I'm coming after just your team. Four, I had UNC. Three, I had Duke. Two, I had Clemson. What was your six or your two through six? Because I think the one is pretty obvious, but who's your two through six?
1: Also, just to mes- mention, since we were talking about Louisville, Carson Leggett, another kid that
0: uh, could be pitcher of the oh, year. Oh, don't worry, Nick. We'll talk about him soon. Don't worry.
1: Oh. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. um, Okay, so my two through six, I had, let's see, I had Duke six, Carolina five, NC State four, Clemson three, and your
0: Virginia Cavs two. I love you, Nick. Man, I knew we were friends. Sorry, oh, I put NC. I'm sorry, I put NC State at six. I didn't mean it, but <laughs> but see, number six in my opinion, man, is hosting a regional. I, I really do believe that. Like, yeah,
1: I I'm on the cusp of having Duke oh, hosting.
0: Nick, uh, by the way, I have to make an announcement. Uh, there's been a transaction in my ballpark tour. Uh, ETSU baseball has decided to switch home home and homes with uh, with UNC Asheville, so now on. Tuesday, April second, instead of working an ETSU baseball game, I will be taking my talents to Doke Field, Doke Park, whatever it is—I don't know anymore what y'all call it—but I'm taking my talents to the Doke to watch the ECU Pirates and the NC State Wolfpack. And I, oh,
1: wow, That's when
0: awesome. I saw that Nick, I literally yelled out, like, I feel bad for Sierra because I was like, let's fucking go. She's like, what's wrong? Like, what's going on? And I'm like. I get to go to NC State ECU. Like, not that I wasn't excited for UNC at NC State, because I, I might still end up going to that in May. I might. But, like, that game, like, that. those are two – like, that game might be for who gets the host. Who gets to be the last team in the state of North Carolina to host a regional. Right. So, super pumped about that. But, I mean, we'll go off my list. We'll talk – we're kind of talking NC State right now. Like, I mean, Jacob Cozart – like, I, I'm going to ride with Kyle Teal for the rest of my life. But Jacob Kozart has the ability to be as good, if not better, than Kyle Teal last year. Yeah. Like, he's a dude. Like, dude, it, <laughs> like, I know NC State fans were, were upset that they lose. Why don't you go to blank on his name? Nick. Cannon Peebles. Thank you. Cannon Peebles. But, I mean, in the long term, maybe that's tough, right? Because, you know, Cannon would be back next year where Kozart's a senior. Is that correct? Yeah, or at least draft ed- eligible if not. But you know, you have the best catcher in the game. Like, I don't, I, I, I don't know if there's anyone close. I mean, may, may, I'm drawing a blank on the LSU guy now. I want to call him Morazic, but I know that's, that's a hockey goalie. But whatever the heck his name is over there, Morazzo, Alex Moraz—I don't know. Anyways, like, it is insane how good he is. But. Nick, the question mark, like, the lineup last year had a bad tendency of having three or four. Like, like you, you just didn't have a very – like, your one through nine was not all dangerous. Like, there were – I don't want to say easy outs because that's not fair, but y'all did struggle to drive in runs when you had chances to. Right. And then on the flip side, like, you had some inconsistent pitching. Like, you have, like, you have dudes. You have them. But, like – your Friday starter goes and struggles and then the next night he's an ace, but then you get the good Friday start, but then you get the bad Saturday start after the Saturday starter carried you the week before. Yeah. Like. Perfectly Nick, put. Nick, you can, you can give us a little more insight on the pack, but like, that's why I have them at six. Like, I know they're a good baseball team. I know that they can host the regional, but I don't, I don't know enough about them and feel comfortable enough about them to put them over the likes of a Virginia who went to Omaha last year. Or Duke, who, honestly, if they don't have to go to Charlottesville for a regional, probably go to Omaha last year. <laughs> or Clemson, who, if the umpires don't inject themselves in the game, probably have a team going to Omaha last year. <laughs> or UNC, who might have the best, like, like, lineup on paper not named Wake Forest in this conference. Like, it's just not... Give me some insight, Nick, because, again, you had NC State where? Again, was it four or three? I had four. State at yeah, four. Yeah, you had a four. So, like, tell me why that they're a top four. Because, I mean, there's an argument for it. I just – I want to hear it from you. I put
1: them – like, I wouldn't – I'm not arguing why you put them at six. I'm just saying if the potential shows out, then they're definitely top four. Um Eli Serrano, I'm going to start off with him. Dude. Um he
0: had a really good freshman season. Hold on, pause, be... pause. a second. Is he not I mean, right now, Brennan is a lot older, but he's is he not just the baseball version of Brennan Armstrong just grown ass man? Yeah, he's a pretty much grown ass man. He's I mean, a he's some, a some cool are, kid. Some are some are, some are saying. Some are saying. Some are saying.
1: But... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um he's gonna be starting in center field. He played a lot of first base last year, but uh he will be our center fielder this year, captain of the outfield. Uh, expect a lot of power from him. Um, Matt Wildeson, who arguably was our best pitcher, is now going to be our closer, I guess. Um, he did see some closing time, so we'll see what happens there. Dominic Fritton... Um, he was uh, the best freshman pitcher we had. He was part of the rotation, came out of pen a lot. I would like to see him more playing more in the starting role. Um, he's a. He, I think next year he's going to be a top twenty-five prospect if his arm does what we all think they can do. What it can do. Um, the bats are there. Hopefully, Jacob Cozart uh, ha, is going to have a really good year. I know state fans were kind of upset that Cannon left, but. You know, if we have the best catcher right now, then we should use him. Um, You know, I don't think there's any argument about that. If everything can click and if they don't beat themselves, then I think this team can easily be a regional host. Um, They're pre ranked 13, which I kind of like. Uh, I I think that kind of confirms my thoughts on how talented this team can be. Because if you look back at last year, They had dudes. They had names. They just made so many errors, and they did not have clutch hitting, and their pitching was inconsistent. One guy would have a great week, and then the next week someone else does, but that other guy didn't. You know, I think you put that perfectly. That's exactly how I felt Uh, it happened. They had a bad error against Wake. They had a couple bad errors against UNC that made them lose a couple of games. Bad errors against Clemson. The clutch hitting was not there. A lot of boneheaded mistakes, man. A lot of boneheaded mistakes. But if you clean all that up, this team, they can host a regional. They can be top four.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I don't, don't disagree with you there. Now, our biggest – and the, discrepan- Oh, wait,
1: one more, one more kid I should mention. His, this is going to be his last year, Sam Highfield. Yeah. If he can get back to the 2021 version of himself, Watch out for this pitching staff, because if he can be back at his best, I know he dealt with a very serious back injury where he had to have surgery and getting back into it last year was a struggle for him. If he is back into normal form, watch out for the rest of the rotation. Yeah,
0: I mean, I I remember the Virginia series last year, Nick, very vividly. Like, you had seven innings every single game in that series from NC State where the pitching was Omaha elite. Yeah. But you had one inning where things just unraveled. And, like, when I say unraveled, it wasn't 12 runs are scored. But when you're in a 2-1 ball game, like, giving up four runs in the eighth inning is going to kill you. Yeah. Like, (laughs) there's just so much with this NC State team to like, but there's also so much, like, skeletons in the closet from last year that, like, I know for me, has to be hesitant. Um, we have to talk about the biggest discrepancy, though, Nick. You have my Virginia Cavaliers at two. I have them at five. I'm going to be negative, and you're going to make me feel better. How's that sound? I think that's how it should go. Griffel Farrell is an absolute dude. He is the heartbeat of this program. I am very scared about the pitching. Monty kind of hinted at it last night, Nick. Obviously, he does a great job covering UVA from Richmond. But, I mean, Virginia, I mean, they've been able to do it two years in a row. So, maybe they got it again. But they have benefited from hitting on transfer – quarterbacks, geez. (laughs) Transfer starting pitching. You got Nick Parker from Coastal last year. He's gone now. But they hit on him. Of course – draw drawing a blank on the kid that was from Army. Why am I drawing a blank on his name? This is really great podcasting. But like Virginia just they they benefited a lot from a team that it, and the, the other part, part too Nick that has me like hesitant was yeah that Virginia team was obviously very very good like they're not replicating last year though I mean, they didn't lose a single non-conference game until Omaha. Like, they were undefeated against teams not wearing an ACC patch until Omaha. <laughs> like, that's unreal. Yeah. Wake Forest can't even claim that. And they played similar out-of-conference schedules. So it wasn't like, you know, one team was more challenged than the other. Like, I just I, I don't know what to expect. Like, we've got – Jack O'Connor, he he clearly is going to be a dude. But I mean, I just don't know what to expect from the pitching. Like, if Jay Wolfolk, who finally focused purely on baseball, I think it was the right decision for him, you know, ends up being a starter, then who knows? Maybe this team does done Connolly Early. It just finally came to me, by the way, that drove me nuts. But like, you know, Brian Edgington is gone, Parker's gone, Early's gone. Like, yeah, you've got Jack O'Connor who was a freshman All-American last year who was an absolute dude. But, like, I, this sounds terrible. I don't want him to be on my Friday night starter. There's still not enough that I've seen from him that makes me go, yeah, this dude is, like, like the guy on the Friday night. And that was what was nice with Virginia last year was, like, sometimes Nick Parker was the guy. Sometimes it was Connolly Early. Sometimes it was Brian Edgerton. Like, you had this ability. And, again, you saw Jack O'Connor, too. Like, you had these weapons where – you know, Colin McKay and Bradley Hodges are all guys that can be pretty good. But it's just, you know, they got the grad uh, grad transfer, Owen Cody from Penn. That's going to be huge. But, like, they just don't have the same type of stuff that makes me go, yeah, this team's like, I think the pitching is going to regress. And I don't know if the lineup itself is going to regress because I really do like I do think that. Like, we're going to get steps forward from Anthony Stefan. And I do think Ethan O'Donnell is going to continue to grow and Casey Salky. But, like, I just don't – like, it is hard to – like, Ethan Anderson is going to be behind the plate. We don't know what that's going to look like. Like, it's going to be interesting. And what are you going to get from, again, the rest of the lineup? Like, you lost guys that were driving in 100 RBIs in a season. I mean – Geloff is going to be next to near impossible to replace. Like, I just don't – I'm not saying this Virginia team's not that good. And I'm hoping that I'm doubting them and they're going to shock me. But this is the type of team that, I, like, I think I could see winning a regional that they host, having to go – like, Nick, I've had nightmares of Coastal Carolina knocking out Virginia in a super regional in Coastal with me and Hayden hanging out together. And he's just rubbing it in my face. So, yeah, I just – tell me why you have him at two because I I honestly want to know because I just – there's so many – like, this team is still good, but there's – I do think it's regret – they're going to regress from last season.
1: I just really like them. I – I mean, our
0: color, I mean, our colors and logos are sick, so I get it. But yeah, yeah. They just know how to reload, Micah. And they,
1: you mentioned all the names that are just flooding back to me where I was doing all those stats last year. By the way, look out for those again. I'm definitely doing them again. Um, When we talked to Moose and I asked him about, you know, Virginia and Carolina being on the schedule for them this year. I mean, his eyes lit up about Virginia, how well it's run, how they are always consistent, how they have arguably the best coaching staff in the program, or I mean in the conference. Um, I think they're just too consistently good not to be considered the number two team in this conference. They, they will always reload on arms. They will always reload on bats. Um, I get you guys are moving some pieces around like Ethan's going behind the dish and yada, yada. But, you know, they lost about the same amount of names as Wake did. And they're just as good as Wake reloading. So I think that's just going to keep reflecting. Now Wake was good at reloading through the transfer portal, but you guys were good at reloading through, not only the portal, but recruiting as well. And you guys have always been like that. You guys have been like that for hell, more than a decade. And I don't think that's going to stop anytime soon because you've just been the most consistent program in the ACC. I don't think it's going to stop anytime soon.
0: Yeah, Nick, I'm not going to lie to you. Um, On February 18th, I am planning to hopefully come down for Wake Forest and Akron. And I'm going to order the moose, and I'm just going to put on – I'm going to clip moose talking about Virginia and just put it on repeat the whole time I'm eating the moose burrito because that's just going to get me hot and bothered. (laughs) I mean, delicious food. I get to go to a college baseball game after I eat that delicious food, and I get to hear one of the most knowledgeable people in baseball tell me my favorite team is, like, the greatest thing to ever walk and grace the sport. (laughs) I mean – you haven't listened to that podcast yet. Hopefully, again, you have. If you haven't, what are you doing? But I mean, Nick. I mean, I, I texted you afterwards. I'm like, shit. I'm about to do like. If I was allowed to bet on sports, dude, I'd be like, all right, Virginia winning the World Series. I'm in. I'm all in. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> that I was game like,
1: against Iowa for you guys. It's gonna tell a lot.
0: Oh, speaking of that, I want you to make a correction because Jake was kind enough to do it after the pod. I wish you would have done it on. Because I have no problem being wrong, but. I completely missed that the entire Wichita State team transferred. <laughs> so my whole Wichita State, Auburn, and Iowa, huge test. Well, Iowa and Auburn are still going to be big tests. But uh, Wichita State, I've heard, might be a JV team this year. So we'll see. They've got one of their guys
1: who will be our starting third baseman. So i Correct.
0: Correct. So I-, I knew about that transfer, but, like, I didn't know, like, the entire roster left. So, yikes. But anyways, you know, Ah uh, yeah, I just I, there's so many like, and that's what's nuts. Like I, I put them at five, but again, this is a, a team that I think is going to host. So like, it's nuts, man. Like that's how good this conference is. Um, our fours, let's see who who did we have at four? Did we maybe agree on four? Probably not, right? Should NC State no, have four. Stay, so I take you at Duke. I had Carolina. So oh, Carolina. I'm sorry. And you Carolina. had Carolina at five, so that's perfect. Carolina is a team that is a show me team. Yes, right. I agree. Like, this is a team that did they miss the tournament last year? Or did they, no, they it? made it? They were in. Who did the, they play? What regional were they in? I'm trying to. I, I thought they, they, were they made with
1: it, but I'm Indiana State and Iowa.
0: That's right. That's right. It was a. I was a really weird color tournament because you had like the royal blue, the baby blue, the black and gold. I mean, I can't remember who, like, Wright State, I think, was in it. So, it was, like, green. It was somebody
1: green. Yeah, Yeah, it
0: was was Wright State. So, it's, like, it was just so ugly, ugly. Like, in, like, oh, like, those colors by themselves are all nice, but just thrown together. I was, like, too much going on here. But, you know, this is a program that, again, I said it before. I think rosterized. I mean, they had one of the best freshman classes. They had one of the best transfer portal classes. From top to bottom, I mean, this might be the most talented roster that is not named Wake Forest, the unanimous number one team in the entire country. But there's so much prove me that, like, you just don't know. I mean, this is a team that is – I mean, I'm not going to hint at it too much, but my freshman – I'm not going to say who, but my freshman of the year is coming from North Carolina. Like, this team is stacked there, obviously – you've got one of the best returning players in the entire conference on that roster with home with honey, honey. Wait, wait, what's happening? My phone is spazzing out now. I had the wonderful notes all pulled up, Nick, and I've lost it, but yeah, like this is just a team that, you know, is just again, like advanced. Yeah, so I wanted to say Vanny cut Nick. And for some odd reason, my brain's like, no, like that's a, like that's not a real person, but of course it was. <laughs> so <laughs> I wasn't tripping, but I wanted to make sure I didn't say it wrong. But, like, he's one of the best players in college baseball. Like, yeah. so you've got a, a, a unanimous probably first-round pick, right? And then a team that is young but has a lot of dudes. I mean, names that you're going to get to know this season. So, like, I, I like, Nick, that you, you and I are both kind of on the same page of, like, number four for me, number five for you, because, like, we know they're good but we just don't know how good. Right. So, you know, again, like, I'm excited because my first UNC home baseball game will be against Virginia, so big show-me game. But, yeah, this is – and yeah, and Moose talked highly on them, too. I'm not – he didn't talk as highly on them as he did Virginia, but, like, I think Virginia was more of, like, you just like, – like you said, Nick, the consistency. We're like North Carolina, again, like they've kind of been like one week they're the best team in college baseball. The next week they are bottom of the pack ACC. So are we going to finally get a consistent North Carolina night in and night out? I mean, that's the big question mark. So, I mean, what are your thoughts?
1: We always know North Carolina is going to be good. It's just a matter of how good. They could host regionals. They could host a super regional. They could just make it. But we always know that they could be on some kind of run. Um, They don't lose a whole lot. They did lose Austin Hawk, Tommy Hawk's younger brother, who was probably going to start for them in the infield and is now going to start probably second or short, I think. I think second um, for the Deeks. That's like the biggest name I think they lost. But, you know, they returned Vance Honeycutt again probably second best player in this conference right behind Nick Kurtz when it comes to hitting and fielding. Um, it's just a matter of how good, you know, they, they are, they too are a consistent program. They're always going to be one, two, three or four. Um, you know, they won the ACC two years ago in 2021 or I'm sorry, no 2022. Um, They're always going to be right there. It's just a matter of how good. They've got a really, really good schedule, a challenging schedule. They're at Wake. Like, in back-to-back weeks, they are at Wake at Virginia, which to me is going to be their top three toughest games. And then they are also at NC State uh, between – yeah, they're at NC State uh, a couple weeks after being at Virginia. So the schedule is not easy. They're at Miami – um, and, and, you, and you're and you
0: forgetting, and you're forgetting, like, they are, th- like, them and Duke, tip of the hat. I guess, I think state can actually fall under this category too, but, like, this is not a slander at Wake, but, like, North Carolina is playing every good team in the Carolinas. They're going yeah. to, Cam- or I don't know if they're going to Campbell, but I know they play Campbell. They're going to ECU. They're going to Coastal, or I think this year they actually host Coastal, but, like, they have all they of the, Charlotte correct like they have all of these programs that like like when you look at the mid major top 25 that 11.7 puts out though some of the stuff there's a little uh, 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 I'm not as big of a fan of their rankings as they were last year but like the best mid-major Carolina teams are on their schedule and again like <laughs> the fact that your Tuesday can be ECU and then your Friday Saturday Sunday is wake like, what the hell are you gonna do there? <laughs> like, it's, dude. Looking at their
1: schedule, man, they easily have the hardest schedule. I think in the conference, if not, maybe the country. Because like at Campbell, and then playing Campbell, Elon is a challenging midweek. The Elon was, you know, threatening to make the regionals last year. Uh, who else do they got? They. Rutgers, a, a pretty good top-of-the-line Big Ten team. It's just they, – they have a midweek against South Carolina. I mean, come on. At NC State, Coastal, Charlotte, Campbell, it, UNCW twice, yeah. another team that made the regionals. It's And they finish off at Duke. Like, it's not an easy schedule. And no. the, it's potential, though. It's potential. If – North Carolina can be on the top of their game. Like are we going to question them? Like Mike, if they uh, no because Wake, Wake is just going to be Wake is just going to be right there the whole time. So I I don't see a world where even if the potential was there and they win the games, that's like turning heads and stuff. I don't know if they could be number one in this conference because wake is just that good, but man, dude hosting a super being a top eight team in the country is not far off. If everything played their
0: way and like, they're going to control their own destiny. Like you said, yes, they're playing 100%. all the best teams. Like there's not going to be, can, a... they could scratch that.
1: They can be the number one team in this conference because they are actually playing Wake. Yeah. So if, Everything lines up record wise. They're a potential threat to take
0: Wake off the podium. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, all right. Now the time to settle. Well, I think we both have Duke at three, don't we? Or do you have no? Because you have Virginia. Do you have Duke at what? Do you have Duke at?
1: I have Duke at
0: six. Yeah, you are you are you're wrong, Nick. Like I'm just going to tell you, you're wrong.
1: I, I would rather you explain Duke to everyone.
0: I know we talked about it yesterday, right? Like we talked about I do. Duke I will say
1: my freshman year of the year is coming from
0: Duke. And, and there's an argument for that as well. My thing with Duke is, dude, they are the most complete pitching staff, maybe in college baseball. That's not a shot at Wake. But, like, Wake's got the headliners. But when you go to the back end of it, there's a lot of question marks, right? We've talked about that. I mean, even Moose touched on it, right? Like there's a lot of guys that looked good in the fall, but as he said, I want to use the right words he used, but like, you know, when something hits the fire or whatever, he used some really good terminology. So I'm just not as intellectual as Moose is, but I mean, he's got great taste in burritos. So obviously he's smarter than I am, but I mean, it's just, I, mean, <sighs> I don't, I don't want to say that they're starting pitching is better than wakes because I don't think you can make that argument. But at the same time, I mean, Fran O'Shell and Jonathan Santucci have a legitimate argument that they have, they're have they more proven than the Wake Forest guys that we – like, if you take what Chase Burns did out of the pen and you take what Hartle did last year, you take what Massey did, like, you can say that that staff is better, 100%. But, like, dude, I mean, this Duke, like – I mean – The only thing that that I can give you a little bit with them at six is, like, will they be able to hit? But, dude, this team is so disciplined. They're so – like, Moose touched on it, right? Like, they are just a younger – and not, like, roster-wise, maybe a little bit roster-wise, but, like, like coaching staff-wise Virginia, right? Like, they are – like, when Virginia and Duke got paired last year in the Super Regionals, I mean, that felt like a a perfect storm, right? Like, you're like, which team is going to score – like, when Duke got up on Virginia, like, I mean, Duke was right there. Like, they had a chance to sweep Virginia in Charlottesville. And they went to the Conway Regional and took their business. I mean, they're going to challenge themselves in the conference. Like, dude, I, I almost put Duke at two. If it weren't for the fact that I am just determined that Eric Bakich can do absolutely no wrong in the college baseball landscape <laughs> – I probably would have put Duke above them because I just think, like, dude, there, I think there is a chance that Duke has a series this year, Nick, that is not a non-conference series, like an ACC series, where they allow less than two runs the entire weekend. I think there's a world where they might even pitch a shutout in all three games. Like this team can pitch. Like, and, and again, we we did the over under yesterday, so we're not going to redo it. But like. I mean, I see a world where, like, dude, if you told me to pick one team to win a series against Wake this season, I'm taking Duke at the couch. I could see this team finding some offensive success and have enough pitching to, like, like again, they have the depth. Like – and that's what's scary is if this team gets to, like, the tournament, right? They're the type of team that I could see coming out of a loser's bracket because they have enough dudes to where, like, they're set up just fine. Right. So, I, I, again, I understand the concerns about the bats. We don't know exactly what we're going to get, but this team's going to pitch. Like, the, just like, like, again, I'm going to the Duke-Ryder game, and I'm very excited because I have a good feeling that that game might be two and a half hours and I'll be on the, I'll be on the road before it's even dark.
1: Yeah. You know, you got me sold on their pitching. You do. Um, I like where they're at. I like how shout out to them for finally calling Jack Holmes their home this year. Um, I think they're starting to take everything a little bit more seriously. Um, they have good transfers. They started mid last year and then just really took off. Remember we kept saying how they'll never get swept, but they'll never sweep you. It's going to be a challenge to make the regionals. Well, they made it. All right. They definitely did. they made a lot of noise. Um, one kid I want to take a quick moment on and give some flowers to, Kyle Johnson. Who I picked to be my ACC freshman? Whoa, of the year. Nick!
0: Nick, no spoilers, man. We got another. We got to, We got. We got to do those separately. Come on now, don't be okay, spoiling okay, it for okay. everybody. I won't
1: say anything else. I won't say anything else. But <laughs> the pitching, you got me sold on. I think because we talked about it last night. You know, the one wakes one two three punch is going to be very very good. Top of the nation, but. We even asked Moose, like you said, who you got coming out of the pen, who's going to be that midweek guy, who's going, to be, who's going to be the Seth Keener of the team. And it seems like Duke has all those questions answered going into this season. So we'll see. But the bats are going to be a problem for me. And when I have them at six, look, it's that tier, man, with NC State, with Clemson, with Carolina. It's all right there.
0: Yeah. No, I, I agree. I mean, we'll move on Clemson. I had him at two. You had him at three, like with Clemson, man, I am purely betting my entire like house savings right here on Eric Backich taking this team. Like he is able to do so much with what he has. Like he is going to get the best out of his ball club. I think Cam Canarello is only going to be better than he was last year. And he was a dude like, there's some pieces they're replacing, right? Billy Amick's gone. Kaden Grice is gone. Well, this team is not going to regress as much as everyone says. And I genuinely think that last year's team bursted on the scene and maybe got a little too much love. And that this is kind of the year where they actually are what we think their potential can be. Right. There's, there's a lot of question marks, man. Like, there's a lot of what could be's and everything like that. I am fully putting my entire eggs in the fact that I just believe that – now that this is the best coaching staff in the conference, because, again, I I love the Wake staff. I love the Virginia staff. But, like, I think that this staff is going to get everything out of this roster, and it's Clemson baseball, man. Like, I'm going to say it. Florida State and Clemson are are, our brands in this conference, right? Like, long-term history, right? Virginia, obviously – recently has been the program of the ACC. But even when Clemson's been down, they haven't been, like, you know, out. So I think this program is going to continue to build, continue to rise. They're going to challenge themselves. I'm big on Clemson. I like Clemson
1: a lot this year, man. I think they have a chip on their shoulder. Um, When they lost the regionals last year, it was really hard to believe. Like, that whole sequence that went down with Tennessee, Cam Canarella getting thrown out of the game, which was BS, um, it just didn't feel real. Like, even, even when Super Regionals were over and we were going to Omaha, it just felt like something's missing. Clemson should be here, and they're not. Like, it, it, I think it ended too short for them. Um, I remember la- two years ago, they had a really good record, but just nothing to show for it. And it kind of started off the same as last year, where we couldn't get a good read on them. Are they going to be bad? Or are they going to be good? And then suddenly, when they swept NC State last year on the road, they went on this ridiculous winning streak. And then suddenly, they were top 15 before you could blink. And then before you could blink again, they were ACC champs it was unbelievable the season that they had the season you know turning it around i remember their coach after they lost the regionals saying how what will this team be remembered by they will be remembered by their resiliency of making a comeback in this season and to get to where they were and i think that's just going to continue i think cam canarella is a stud he was last year's freshman of the year um I think he has the potential of being the player of the year behind maybe Vance Honeycutt or Nick Kurtz. Um, I get they lose Billy Amick. And we talked about that story toward pretty much a week or two after the season ended. And it was kind of unfortunate. I really would have loved to see uh, Billy stay, but losing Caden Grice is huge, but it's Clemson. Like you put it perfectly. They are, one of, if not one of the best programs in this conference. Um, And when they're down, they're not out. They're never completely out. I get two years ago was kind of tough, but, you know, they made the turnaround and they're going to be back in the mix. They will be.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. 100% agree with you. Um, You know, this, this conference is just so dang deep. All right, the unanimous number one. Nick, honestly, I know this is about to be awful because this is a baseball podcast and you should tell me to talk about the number one team in the country. Well, we had a hour-long pod that talked exactly about this program. All I have to say is this team is just damn good. <laughs> Wake yeah. Forest is just damn good. Anything else you want to add? Because we still got to do our players of the year and stuff, so I'm going to let you have the floor briefly, but I have nothing to say, but this team is just stacked. I mean, what can you say? What can you say about this team? They
1: Their starting pitching is just going to be the top of the nation once again. Their bats are going to reload with Nick Kurtz. I mean, Micah, I went to their live practice yesterday, and I missed the show where Nick went three for four off of, I think, Chase and Michael Massey again. And those three hits were homers. Oh, God. (laughs) It's unbelievable what the fuck Nick Kurtz is doing. And I know his dad is listening to us right now because he always listens. (laughs) I mean, it's insane what he is doing. I see Nick about once or twice a week. And, you know, he's as humble as can be.
0: What is Nick's order on the spot? What is it? Nick's order is a chicken parm. He loves the cinnamon roll. My uh, guy. So what you're telling me is I'm just a way less good at baseball, Nick Kurtz. That he also makes gets, me happy.
1: He also gets the Arno. He'll switch it up. If he's having okay. breakfast, he'll get the Arno sandwich, which is really good as well. But he loves his cinnamon rolls. Um, they have a ton of home runs in them, obviously. <laughs> but just like it's crazy, dude. Like every Monday after, you know, they have their live uh, practices on Sundays – Every guy is just telling me, oh, yeah, Nick did this yesterday. <laughs> Nick did that yesterday. And it's just like, what, what can this kid not do? He's a great defensive first baseman. I mean, he can stretch uh, for a mile if he has to. He can hit w- with power. It's just unbelievable what he is doing. Um, he's my ACC player of the year. There's no question about it. I know we're going to preview that in a sec, but I mean – Oh my God. And then you got all the other bats. Uh, Moose mentioned it. Their shortstop, uh, is going to, he, he is taking some steps. Um, we got Austin Hawk. Tommy's little brother. Jack Winnie is going to see a lot of playing time. They reload in the outfield. Uh, there's some questions with the bullpen. Not that there are questions about if they're going to be bad or not. We just don't know who they are. Um, because the all that bullpen is basically gone except Cole Rowland. We're going to see Cole again, which is freaking fantastic. The dude's a maniac and a psychopath. Um, Chase Burns. I mean, there's nothing really to say about him. Just Micah. He he's hitting 102 more than he's hitting 100 on his fastball right now. I mean, it's that scary how good this kid is. Um, There's nothing more I can say. They just reload. And the pitching staff is going to be led by Josh Hartle, who was the Sunday guy last year, will be the Friday guy this year. It's insane. It's truly, truly insane. We were surprised last year that they started six, right? A little surprised. And the thing is that what was even more impressive is that throughout the season, they were the only team in the country – that never went down in the rankings. Not one week did they go down. They went from six to five to two to one. And it wouldn't surprise me if they stayed at number one the whole year. So
0: there's my preview for Wake. Yeah. Well, this is a perfect time to tell you, I hear a little sponsorship from our friends over at Dioli's, the unofficial, also unofficial, because we have to say unofficial, because if not, That's not fair to the Wake Forest Sports property, but the unofficial home of Wake Forest's dining hall off campus. So we'll be right back after that brief message from Dioli's.
1: Hey guys, Nick here, taking a quick break so that I can tell you about Dioli's Italian Market, my family business. We've been located in Winston-Salem since 2007, and we've been a vital part of the Wake Forest community for students, athletes, coaches, and faculty, and the Winston-Salem community as well. You guys have heard guests come on before. Anyone that's part of the Wake Forest community has raved about my parents' deli, our family deli, and the hype is real it wouldn't be if we've been here this long. So I got a deal for you. If you come into the deli and you recognize me and you say, hey, I'm a big fan of the podcast or I've listened to you guys before and I love what you're doing, I will give you a free sandwich card with any purchase you make in the store. So you come in, you talk about the podcast with me a little bit, you purchase something, I'll give you a sandwich card that has all 10 stamps and then your ne- the next time you come in, your sandwich is on me. So that's all you got to do. We appreciate you guys. Thanks for supporting a small family business. That's been part of the Winston-Salem community for all these years. Thank you for listening to the show and we are coming right back to
0: you. And we're back from that commercial break. This is actually part two of this because I think Nick ended the call. I don't know My why bad. I had a FaceTime come in. Yeah, Nick ended the call, guys, because I was saying who my pitcher of the year was, and because I didn't name a Wake Forest pitcher, he got mad. So he, he used the fake, oh, someone's calling me, hang up, saying. Yeah. Um, but like we were saying, we hinted at our hitter, our player of the year. It's Nick Kurtz. You told the story. Nick is on a tear. It is revenge tour. Like I said, Nick, I, I can't believe it. Like when you throw the best game in college baseball, right, we had Nick Kurtz not participate. He had scratched late. And it just like it feel it felt wrong when you look at it. Like when you think about it, I look look back on it. And I'm like, would have would Wake have won if he was in the lineup? I don't know. Because that game was just destined to be a pitcher's duel. But not having one of the best players in the game, not in the lineup, scratched last minute, is always going to leave a what if. Well pitcher of the year for me, like I just hinted at, and the reason why Nick hung up with me. I'm going Carson Liggett from Louisville. I hinted at it in our earlier part of the show. I, I love his stuff, man, and I think he's going to take a huge step forward. This is not a slander at this Wake staff, but Nick, who was your pitcher of the year? Because that way I can make a little bit more sense on where I'm going with this. Uh, I have Josh Hartle. I thought you had Chase Burns. You know what? It was D1 baseball. No, it was perfect game that had Chase Burns. I thought it was you, but it, you're right. You had Hartle. And I agree, Nick. Like Hartle would have been my second choice. Santucci would have been my third from Duke. Like, Hartle is proven enough to be justified to get it. This is not a shot at Chase Burns or even Michael Matthew, who I've seen pitched around, right? But like, they just this is Chase Burns, right? We don't know what starter Chase Burns looks like. We don't know what that looks like. So you know, with me, man, I, I'm high on Louisville, and I think a big part of that is Carson Liggett. Like, I, I just, I love what he can do. I'm excited that, I mean, hopefully, you know, I'm scheduled to go to Virginia Louisville at Louisville on a Friday night. And I am excited to see what Carson Liggett does against that Virginia lineup. Like, this is just so exciting. I'm also going to see him pitch at Florida State on a Thursday night, which is the first game of the series. So hopefully he gets to the go there too. Like, <sighs> Carson Liggett is like, I mean, I have the balls to say that he could be a, a Rhett Louder. I really believe that. I think he is that talented. His stuff is nasty. He has a great command. He has a great ability to mix up his pitches. Like, I don't know who calls pitches. I'm assuming it's the pitching coach for Louisville. They always he always seemed to have a good approach. Like, yeah, he had a game or two that was a little bit shaky, but like I really think this team's gonna take a step forward, and I just love. Love Carson Leggett. You had Hartle, Nick. That's a great choice. Quickly defend that choice. Not that you need to because it's a great choice.
1: He's going from the Sunday starter to being the Friday starter for the Wake Forest staff. Um, he just got better and better and better as the season went on um, last year. He's got nasty, nasty stuff. He's got a great curveball. Um, I think if you're going to be the Friday starter on the best team in the country, you're gonna you're gonna be in Red ladder shadow a little bit, and I think he's going to have a lot to prove. Um, he's gonna he's you know top twenty five prospect. He'll go first round in the MLB draft, maybe second round. Uh, there's no, I mean, just go back and watch Josh Hartle, man. He just got better and better every season. So he's my uh,
0: pitcher of the year. Yeah. Can't go wrong with that take. All right. Time for the freshman of the year, Nick. I'm going with Olin Johnson, a six, six pitcher, North Carolina. I talked about how I think North Carolina's roster is stacked from top to bottom. This is one of the top pitching freshmen in the country. I just think that again I believe that North Carolina is going to be a force to reckon with in this conference, and that's going to require this freshman class to step up. And I watched a little bit of Olin Johnson's perfect game tapes. Holy shoot, this kicking ball. He can, he can he can fire the ball. And I have I'm willing to admit, Nick, I have a soft spot for really tall pitchers. Just plain and simple. Like if you if you look scary when I'm standing in the box, I just think you're five times better than maybe you actually even are. but i'm really high on him i could see him being the sunday guy or the go-to guy out of the pen but i do think that he like down the stretch i I hope and kind of expect him to be a potential starter for this team if you love really tall pitchers
1: nc state's got a pitcher freshman that's six eight so check him out he's
0: he's insane that's too tall. Um, I'm just kidding. Very,
1: <laughs> very, very tall. I like 6'4
0: uh, to 6'6, six, six, you know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my
1: newcomer – I'm, I'm sorry, not newcomer. Um, freshman of the year for me is two-way player Kyle Johnson. I like um, it. I just love two-way players. I think they're really special. We had a lot of guys last year that were two-way, um, two-way players, just not only in the ACC but also in the country. I think if you're doing it both and doing it well and, you know, we're in the era of Shohei Otani and if you're anywhere close to Shohei Otani, you're going to get recognized quickly. Like Jackson Finley last year for Georgia tech was in contention for player of the year, just because he was doing both very good or I mean, very well, uh, Jack Caglione down in Florida who, you know, is going to be a number one or two pick, in this year's draft, did both and did it at a very high level. So if Kyle Johnson, a two-way player from Duke, a program that's on the rise, that has really great pitching coming up, that's probably second best in the ACC, like you said, Micah, I could see that playing a huge role. And if the bats aren't showing up for Duke like you know some of us think, and he's, and he's the stud in that lineup, Then why not put him at, you know, freshman of the year?
0: No. That's a great that's a great choice. Newcomer of the year. I'm not even looking at the sheet, Nick. I'm just gonna assume we've got the same guy. Shout out to the D two athletes in the world. Good old South Atlantic Conference athlete Seaver King, the transfer from Wingate. That's my my newcomer of the year. I mean the amount of love that this guy has, like, received across the baseball landscape. Dude, he was a stud on the Team USA Collegiate team this summer. You know, obviously, Moose spoke very highly of him on our podcast with him. You're on the best team in the country, and you're being talked about as, like, I mean, he, he correct me if I'm wrong, Nick. He's kind of being talked about as, like, you know, Nick Kurtz took the Brock Wilkins spot, right, as the number one guy for – for this offense, right? Number two has kind of been who? Seaver King. Like, if you're you're being talked about as a top two, three guy on this Wake Forest lineup, you must be pretty daggone good. So Seaver King's my newcomer of the year. Are we on the same page? He's from Wake, but it's not Seaver King. I'm going Chase Burns.
1: Oh, okay. I will go Chase Burns. Uh, Part of the three-headed monster lineup, or, I mean, rotation, I should say. Um, like I said earlier, um, when I was talking about Nick Kurtz and the Sunday practices, Chase is hitting 102 more often than he's hitting 100 on his fastball. He's building a lot of movement. Uh, the, you know, I know we talk about it a lot, but the pitching lab has just made Chase into an absolute monster of a pitcher. Uh, I've been talking to him a couple times here and there. Very humble guy, very cool dude. Um, he is honestly, if Wake doesn't have, doesn't go get Chase Burns, we're not talking about a three headed monster um, in the rotation. We're not talking about how, we're not going to compare last year's rotation with Rhett and uh, Sully and Josh, like we are going to compare them with Josh and Chase and Massey. Uh, That's why he's my newcomer of the year, because he is the piece that they needed to keep this
0: thing that they got with starting pitching going. I like that. I like that a lot. All right, coach of the year. I cheated, Nick, and I did a co-coach of the year. I'm sorry. But I would have just gone with my first choice, which is Coach McDonald, uh, Dan McDonald to be specific, but I just call him Coach McDonald because I feel like every interview I ever watch of him, no one ever says Dan. They just say Coach. But Coach McDonald, Dan McDonald from Louisville. Again, I said I'm high on Louisville. I think this team's going to bounce back. I think this is a team that can host a regional, um, you know, and if I'm having those expectations, that means Coach of the Year is in the picture. But it's hard when I have Wake Forest as the number one team in, my, in, in the country. It's hard not to put, him, put that Coach as Coach of the Year, right? So, like, I had to cheat and do co's with Tom Walter as well from Wake. I mean, it just kind of made sense. But is your coach of the year Tom Walter? No, my coach of the year is actually Link Jarrett. Ooh, I love it. Yeah. Little Florida State rise to rise back to the prominence. I love it. I love it. I love it, Nick.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was debating between him and J.D. Ortega.
0: Um, Ooh. But- that's hot because JD Ortega is getting a lot. Like, there's a lot of people, for example, 11.7, Dimitri, one of the co hosts, is a big Miami fan. He thinks he didn't like that hire. He thought they hired the wrong guy. So, mm. like, there's like, it's a hit or miss, man. Like, Hayden likes the hire, but some people don't. So, yeah. it's like really intriguing because it's like coach of the year, like, consideration is kind of hot because, again, like, some people think that Miami's going to be regretting the decision after a year or two. Yeah. See, so I'll
1: explain both real quickly. So obviously Link Jarrett's in year two of Florida state and it, they finished bottom of the conference. If he can get them back into the regionals and they can make some noise that you've got to give it to him. I mean, Florida state, when they're good, they're the best program in this conference, hands down. Um, they, if he makes it to the regionals, I think he gets it. JD Ortega He's been a guy that's been part of this Miami program for a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. And I think if Miami has the poten- if Miami has the potential to go to Omaha, I think they do. Ooh, we just don't know okay. what they're going to get. Yeah. So if he can get this team to Omaha, then I could see him winning uh, ACC coach of the year. But what do I think is more likely? I think it's more likely that Link Jarrett gets Florida State back to the regional
0: conversation. I love it, man. Nick, you're you're surprising me. You're normally you're the uh, boring copy and paste, but you are you're a uh, catching me off guard today, Nick. I, I didn't think I had to look at our sheep because I just assumed I would know. So you're on it right now. I love it. All right, Thank our you. non our non conference game of the year for me. Wait, you want to do dark horse? Did I put a dark horse on my thing? I don't, we don't have think a, I did. We have a dark horse team of the year. I didn't put that. On. Oh, I didn't, I didn't put one on my sheet then. But regardless, the dark horse team of the year for me is Louisville. So, I mean, I'm just going to keep beating the Louisville drum until it either backfires okay. or I'm right. But is yours Florida State then based off your coach of the year pick? Or? No, I, I am going to go Georgia Tech if they Ooh. can sneak in to
1: the regionals because that's where my cutoff is right there. If they can sneak in, you watch out because they could make some noise if they can figure out the pitching. Um, I like it. Th- they can make a lot of noise. There, There's potential with Georgia Tech.
0: I like it. Well, I'm glad you corrected me and, and, and made sure we said that, because now our Georgia Tech fans will love us again. So great job, <laughs> Nick. Smart move there, buddy. Um, all right. So then we obviously transition then. Um, you know, I guess if we want to use Dark Horse too, Nick, I'm willing to say that Virginia Tech, based off the – Type of style you used would fit for me, but again, I think Louisville has the ability to be the number two team in the conference of all clicks. So that's why I say dark horse. Like they God. could, like they could be the team that wins the ACC tournament. Like yeah. probably not the regular season, right? But like wins three, four games, in, in Charlotte, and we're talking about a team hosting a regional. All right, non-conference game of the year. I am attending. the first game that'll kick off my ACC ballpark tour. I said it last night. I was so pissed when Kansas State got left out. I love what Kansas State is doing with their scheduling, playing Tennessee the night before, but then they go to Clemson. Because that is going to be a game that sets the tone for both programs. It's just going to be a tone setter. And I am, like, juiced to the max for that game. So, yeah, that's my non-conference game of the year. What is yours? And, by the way, I want to preface this. I wanted to make sure the non-conference game wasn't one that we see every year. Because, like, selfishly, Nick, like, ECU-NC State is probably a sexier game, right? Or Duke and Campbell. Or, you know, like, you know, some of these midweeks you normally see, like, Clemson goes to South Carolina, or excuse me, goes to – well, goes to South Carolina. But, like, goes to Clemson – or goes to Coastal, excuse me, the last, like, month of the season and Rod Gilmore's last game – if not for a regional, right, at Coastal Carolina. So, like, those games obviously are probably a little bit more attractive in the overall, like, landscape of of what those games could mean. But we see those matchups every year. Yeah. I wanted to go something that was different. I think you did the same, Nick. So what is your non-conference game of the year? Yeah, I try to stay away from the, you know –
1: The UN because I looked at UNC's schedule and I was tempted to pick like five different (laughs) five different games that UNC has with South Carolina and ECU and Campbell and UNCW and Charlotte, but I stayed away from that because we see it every year and it's not that it's not great because it is it's fantastic, but I wanted to see a different type of matchup so I took a game that is going to be early in the season. That's going to set the tone for both programs. At first I did Virginia Auburn, but I switched it to Virginia and Iowa. Good choice. Um, Iowa obviously favored to win the big 10 again. Um, And Virginia, I have them number two in the ACC. So it's going to set the tone. I think both teams are going to take it very seriously as they should. Um, Yeah, that is my uh, midweek game of the year, or
0: non-conference game of the year, I should say, is Virginia and Iowa. Yeah, when I saw you put Virginia-Auburn earlier last week, Nick, I almost texted you and said you got the wrong game. Yeah, I realized that. And last night, night, if you listen to the podcast, again, for those of you that don't know, Virginia is playing in the Jacksonville. I think it's called the Jack's Classic or the Jack's Sunshine Classic, something like that, the Jumbo Shrimp Ballpark in late February. And the field, like we talked about last night, is Auburn, Iowa, Virginia, and Wichita State. Just a round robin. Everyone plays each other, right? But Virginia, Iowa is the first game for both teams in this classic, which probably means it's Brody Brecht versus Jack O'Connor. Sign me the F up. Like, Nick, I looked, I, I legitimately looked to see how much a flight from. Te- like from tri-cities airport in Tennessee to Jacksonville and back would be in the same day. Like that's how pumped I am for that matchup. That's a great choice. Like I am so bummed that we have a women's basketball game the next day. Cause my family and my parents live an hour from Jacksonville. So I would be there. Like I like, I am so bummed. I can't be there in person for that matchup, that matchup. Like that is a Omaha type matchup. So yeah. great choice. I love that choice. Um, Which then leads us to our final accolade, our ACC series of the year. Nick, mine features the two teams that went to Omaha. The Wake Forest Demon Deacons go to Charlottesville. I almost chose Wake and Duke the week before. But with that series being at Wake, not that it didn't entice me, but I think Wake in Virginia is so intriguing because Virginia has always just been so dang good at the dish. And, like, Wake Forest missed them last year. Like, they didn't meet at all, which is still a devastation – like, one of the most devastating things with the sport. But, like, I am so excited to see that series. Especially because it's so early in the year, too, so it's going to set a great tone. I love it. I love it.
1: And I went with the last series of the season. I did Wake Forest at NC State. Um, This series has been close the last two years, but every game has gone in Wake's way, Wake's favor. Um, If you remember last year, the two, uh, uh, which was very unfortunate, the weather playing a major role in that series where they can only just do a doubleheader on a Sunday. Um, State fans remember they had that game. They had both games, and airs cost them. Bad pitching cost them. Uh, they really just beat themselves. And the fact that it's back at the Do- or back at the doak, um, which again, Wake swept them at the Doke two years ago. At two of those games, very very close. Um, NC State has reloaded. NC State has a lot of talent. Um, those fans show up. Uh, unfortunately, I already looked at you know my schedule and I will not be able to attend because... Oh, our- boo! I know. It's our busiest week of the year. It's Wake Forest graduation. The Wake Forest school calendar fell very, very, very weird this year where usually the, the last series of the season is not graduation. It's usually not. Usually graduation is like, two weeks before the season ends and the calendar yeah. fail very, huh. very bad uh, in my favor. So I will try. I will definitely try to make it out there. Maybe I'll go to the Friday game. Um, I mean, you have
0: easy. to go out there cause you need revenge for the dugout game again. Like I need it. I need it, need it. Yeah. injected into my veins. Yeah. So if
1: I were to go, most likely it'll be that Friday game, but
0: you know, these are two teams that have been neck and neck. Oh, wait, wait, Nick, pause. Sorry. Just so you know, this is a Thursday, Friday, Saturday Saturday series, by the way. Oh, well. Because it's, because it's the last weekend of the season, conference right. tournament play starts on Tuesday. So they play Thursday, Friday, Saturday. That is right.
1: So maybe I have a better chance of going. So thank you for reminding me. I have a better chance of going now. So, Love that. Um, the These series have been very close, but it's it, – I know Wake has swept both of them, but it's a lot closer than you think because they meet all the time. They know both coaching staffs have been there a very long time. Uh, Walters, Tom Walters and um, our coach know each other very, very well. Um, so we'll see. It's I think it's going to be a very heated series. I think it's going to be very
0: close, um, and it's going to set the tone for the ACC tournament. I like it. Not a bad pick either. Well, Nick, that's all of our accolades. We've almost gone an hour and 40 minutes, so much longer than our pods have been so far. We're trying to keep them under an hour and 15, but there's so much stuff to talk about and so much stuff to preview. So we had to make it a little bit longer. So thank you for bearing with us, Nick. I'm ready to call it a night. I was going to ask you anything more to say, but let's save some stuff for maybe next week. So, Thank you, everybody, for listening. Nick, Shout out, Cam. Thank you for the baseball card. Yeah, Cam Manassi's GOAT. Um, obviously, I enjoyed, Nick, our podcast yesterday. that went out this more, or this afternoon. So the good thing is, is our podcast, We even though we're recording on Tuesday, will probably be out on Friday. So you'll be hearing it a couple days late. But, Nick, super excited. Keep sharing all the BP's practices you keep going to. Um, keep telling us about how Nick Kurtz hits nothing but nukes. Nicky Nukes, get it trending on Twitter. Buy your stock now. But as always, everybody, thank you for listening. It means just a little bit less here in ACC country, and go ACC. Sweet.